Let's Get Real at Crossway with Pastor Bob Manuel and friends. When men and women in the local church conduct themselves properly, it helps the gospel advance. And that's really the whole thrust of 1 Timothy. I'm going to make a framing comment, and hopefully it will help diffuse some of the the emotional baggage that we all carry toward this text. This text that I just read for you, it speaks about a Christian woman's role in the local church. Not about men or women in culture in general. Again, feel free to disagree with me, but I I don't believe that what I just read to you applies to for all sorts of different areas. For example, like a woman's conference speaker. This is about a Christian woman's role in the local church. Not about conference speakers, not about women teaching other men in other contexts, but the local church. I think of a Beth Moore or a Priscilla Shire. I think of Priscilla and Aquila teaching Apollos. By the way, in the city of Ephesus, they, and I find it interesting, I don't know what to make of it, but I'll just say this, that every time that I know of that Aquila and Priscilla are mentioned, who's mentioned first? Aquila. They taught him privately, but she did not teach as an elder in their homes. So with that said, uh, let's look at three points that talk about this proper conduct of men and women, but we're primarily looking at women today in the local church. And when men and women function properly according to their roles, the gospel advances. So first of all, Christian women are called to be counter-culturally beautiful. Now, verse 9. I want the women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes. It's elaborate hairstyles, expensive clothes, gold or pearls. In other words, they are finding their value, their worth, their their sense of identity in how they presented themselves with clothes and perfume and makeup and Paul says, I don't want you to be known for those things. 1 Peter chapter 3. I think Peter's getting at some of the same thing. Your beauty, ladies, and I especially think of the young ladies with us here this morning. You have so much incredible pressure to live up to some image that you see on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or what I don't know, whatever the social media platform is out there today. But I have to look a certain way or dress a certain way or weigh a certain amount of pounds or whatever. And your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self. Your beauty should come from your inner self. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. 
But I remember when the first time I saw my wife many years ago. There's nothing wrong with being attracted to someone physically. I was attracted to my wife and her beauty, and still am. But what set her apart to me was her smile, the way she treated people, the kindness that she exhibited to other folks. And that's what Paul is getting at here. So Christian women are called to be counter-culturally beautiful. Okay, Pastor, I want to ask you uh, why this is so difficult for young women to connect with. By the way, before I answer that question, I, I noticed it from that sermon excerpt that uh, an error that I made, I, I meant to say that whenever Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned in Scripture, Priscilla, not Aquila, but Priscilla as the woman is always mentioned first. Okay. So just that to say... Yeah, we'll um, correct that. Yeah, so the question was, why do young women especially have mm -hmm. um, struggle in this area? That's right. Well, I... You know, I was just seeing something the other day. I mean, many of us are on social media platforms. Uh, I'm very limited in that. I, I'm on Facebook some, but I understand that uh, there's a huge and growing mental health crisis among especially young people. And you can often connect that uh, to the proportion that they're involved with uh, social media, especially uh, young ladies. Um, they, they see what they, what's been called, uh, social influencers, uh, uh, on, uh, either Facebook or YouTube. And they have these, uh, other young ladies and they look a certain way. Um, uh, you know, they have a certain lifestyle, a certain, uh, a poundage or lack thereof, if you will, that your body, you have to have a certain body type. And you have just these regular young ladies. I have two daughters. You know, they look at right. this and they, they think, well, I've got to look like that. I've got to uh, dress like that. I've got to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, have this kind of platform. And then they look at themselves and they're, they're not even any close to this uh, made-up image that's on social media and uh, the comparison thing. It's always been hard for young people. But today, when you know they're so involved with social media and such, uh, it just it just sets them up right for depression. You know, the the scripture talks about older women helping the younger women, and um, I'm just wondering if, in a local church setting, that's something that takes place, uh, kind of just naturally, or if that's something that older women need to work at maybe uh mentoring i guess is a a, a big term but mm -hmm. yeah i always get encouraged whenever i do see that interaction on a sunday morning you'll see a, a young lady talking to an older lady mm -hmm. um, and, and they're just you know there there's a friendship that that's blossoming there and even though we might not be able to see the uh, immediate fruit of the you know the immediate effects of that um I know that in the long run that uh, uh, some of these younger ladies are are, uh, are growing in their own spirit, their own way of looking at life, the way they look at themselves. And, and again, whenever I see a young lady just kind of light up when they're talking to an older uh, <laughs> woman at church, it just does my heart good because I know something healthy is going on there. Okay. 
Uh, talk about conduct, because that, that was a very important part of your main idea that uh, men and women in the local church, their conduct influences the advance of the gospel. Sure. So where I got that from was 1 Timothy chapter 3, and Paul is writing in 1 Timothy 3. Um, the reason why, uh, well, he wrote the book, he says, to Timothy, although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. And so when you're reading in context, Paul takes a lot of chapter 2 and all of chapter 3 leading up to that point explaining um, the church as the household of God. And he mentions uh, the men, he mentions the women, um, and he, he, uh, he elaborates on that later on in the book, but it's the idea that in a household that you have, just a regular household, not even talking about the church, you have men, you have women, husbands, wives, you have children, and each of them are equally made, if I can say it this way, in the image of God, but they have different roles. Yes, and just like in the church, men have the men and women are equal, but they have different roles. Now that is not a, always a popular thing to say, not just in the church, but especially in our culture. Right. And I think one of the reasons why this has been hard to accept in the local church is because our churches have often been unduly influenced by the culture at large. Um, uh, the position that I, I took is called complementarianism. It's, it's not a misogynistic, woman-hating um, position. It's, it's just how can we best serve one another? How can we best lead? Right. Uh, and so on and so forth. And Paul talks about submission for women. He also talks about that for men in Ephesians chapter 5. But... There's a special role that, that, that women play in being receivers and not authoritative teachers of the truth. I know I'm kind of going off on a little tangent here, but those are different no, roles following. that play in God's household. Well, and you made it clear several times, this is the local church. Right, right. These are instructions for the local church. right. Yeah, and even how you apply this, there's differences of opinions within uh, people who hold the complementarian position. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with a woman teaching in the local church, uh, an occasional Sunday school class, even sure. with men being available, uh, I mean, present. Right. Uh, I don't think that uh, uh, oversteps the boundaries. Uh, mm -hmm. She's not recognized as an elder or a pastor, but she is recognized as someone who's gifted to teach, and the, the men can oversee that. Um, some would disagree with me on that. but Well, I tend to err on the side of grace <laughs> mm -hmm. on, on things that I don't fully understand, but uh, that would definitely advance the gospel in the local church with those kinds of freedoms, uh, discernment. Mm -hmm. And yet, I suppose the decision to allow women to do that kind of teaching would come from the elders. Yes, yes. And again, you know, part of my understanding of that, of course, when you go to elders, 
it's, it, to me, it's very clear uh, when Paul says, um, if anyone sets his heart, it's masculine noun, on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. And the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife. In other words, yes. the role of an elder is, is very clearly uh, reserved for males. And then Paul later on talks about the elder who teaches and preaches. So the elders were responsible for the authoritative teaching of God's word, and that was a, a position reserved for males. Okay. All right. Just a final comment on this podcast um, as it relates to men and women together for the gospel. Mm. Uh, just a kind of a, a wraparound comment that will help us understand we're all in this together. Yeah, I I think that, you know, when especially I think I tried to tie this back to Genesis chapter one and two mm-hmm. uh, in the sermon. And uh, the Lord said that uh, God created man, male and female. He created them and in the image of God. He created them, I should say. So in other words, both male and female are created in the image of God. And when the males and females are fulfilling their roles in the household of of the church, if you will, we see a fuller expression of the image of God uh, as opposed to if it was just men running things or or women trying to run things. Uh, uh, When men and women are working together, you see, I think, a, a more balanced Um, beautiful picture of the image of God. Yes. Amen. You've been listening to Let's Get Real with Pastor Bob Manuel of Crossway Community Church of Grand Rapids, Michigan, an evangelical free church. Please share a word with us, a comment, question, or suggested topic at ipastor at aol.com. That's the letter I the word pastor at aol.com. I'm Mark Moore. Thanks for listening.